Hello, podcast listener. The App Guy podcast. Every Sunday and Thursdays. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I am Paul Kemp, and this is the show that will help you as an indie app developer, an entrepreneur, a business owner, someone who likes apps. This is the show for you, and we have different guests on the show each Sunday and Thursday, and so... Today is no exception. I've got a great guest lined up for you. We're going to learn a huge amount from this guest speaker. His name is Jordy Wardman, and you should go and check out his website. It's called Wave Review. That's wavereview.com. And Wave Review is a website that helps you triple your reviews and helps harness your online influence. And uh, Jordy also, if you put his name into uh, Google, you'll find a lot of stuff about Jordy, and uh, he runs a blog. At Jordy Wardman. So, Jordy, really a warm welcome to the App Guide podcast. Thank you, Paul. I'm looking forward to it. Perhaps you can just start with telling us a little bit about yourself, um, how you uh, got into being an entrepreneur, and, uh, and a little bit about your personal life as well. Sure. So, um, uh, my entrepreneurial journey started about in 2007. I, um, I, I come from Bermuda. And I was in Bermuda at the time, um, and I came from I came from a background that was in forestry. Um, not going back too far in my personal journey, but but I was used to working outside, and um, I decided to try uh, some life in the corporate environment. So I did about four or five years as a as a cube slave, sort of in the office environment, like you know, dealing with um, office politics and stuff like that. And, and I really didn't like it. I came from a world of working outside um, in the woods and a lot of freedom and went into the corporate world and um, it was just awful. So from there, I decided to take a big leap of faith in about 2007 as a father, uh, big mortgage, private school bills and things like that. I went off into an entrepreneurial journey that I've not ever looked back from. And it's not always been easy, um, but right now um, I feel very good about it. So I have, um, I started a business where I installed Wi-Fi equipment in Mexico and that has been doing well. Um, And I saw some problems with the sales cycle uh, probably about two years ago. So I looked into the SaaS world. Uh, software as a service, which is what Wave Review is, and um, started Wave Review, um, and I also started a product-based business, um, probably at about the same time, which is doing very well. So, um, well, this this is great. So, you know, this is the App Guy podcast, and so many people listening to this are indie app developers, and one of the biggest attractions, certainly to me, is the essence of freedom. And the freedom it gives for us to to be anywhere uh, that we want to be based in the world. Uh, perhaps we could talk a little bit about your attitude towards 
uh, that part of, of the freedom element that you're getting from your work? Yeah, so that's essentially uh, once you get a taste of that freedom. I mean, as you know, you were you came from that sort of environment as well, where you were a banker, and and so you know what that's like. And that sort of for me is like a, haunts me. That's um, what's waiting for me if I if I fail. Um, so right now I'm I have been working out of my house. Uh, I didn't even want to rent an office. I just like working out of the house. I um, so I've been doing that for about seven years and, um, I love it. You know, you just kind of wake up, I get up early sometimes, I set my own schedule, I don't answer to anyone. And, um, uh, I was doing that in Bermuda. I lived in Mexico. Uh, we literally lived right on the beach in Mexico for, uh, four years. And that was the same deal, you know, location independence. I, um, didn't need to be lived there. We moved there because I... Uh, my wife and I wanted our boys to learn how to speak Spanish, and we wanted to surf. So we moved to a little town in, in Mexico where I'm going to be this summer, actually, for three months. And now I split my time between Sun Valley, Idaho, because skiing is a big part of uh, what we like to do as well. So I live in Sun Valley, Idaho during the school year and surf in Mexico during the summer. So I will warn anyone listening that I am going to go off on a tangent. This is uh, the App Guy podcast. We talk about apps, but I am just so really excited about talking about some of these things you mentioned. Uh, for instance, the beach lifestyle. I used to live in a place called Surfer's Paradise. I was, a, I was attracted uh -huh. to that. That was a in Australia. That was in Australia. That's when I uh, flew to Australia. I looked at a map uh, with a bunch of people I was with and said, I've got to live there. Mm -hmm. uh, the name of Surfer's Paradise, how can you possibly not, not live there? So I ended up doing a bit of surfing, um, but I was rubbish at surfing. I needed to have a bigger board. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what yeah. is, what's it like to be right next to the beach and um, you know having that? surfing lifestyle whilst you're actually making some money yeah it was brilliant i mean you can you know it's like i mean i will say there were some challenges uh one of the things is you know you're an entrepreneur and you have sales calls on on the phone probably three hours a day and i'd be on the phone and and the prospect would be like what's that noise and it's like um well that's actually waves and and so um the name Wave Review actually is a joke that my friends were calling me. It's like every time I'm talking to you, I'm hearing waves. And so that's what Wave Review comes from is actually that sound of always talking to me with waves breaking in the background. Because, of course, it was a Pacific Ocean and there's always at some point some heavy surf pounding on the beach, which was literally like 100 meters away from where I would be speaking on the phone. And that was the background noise of my sales calls. So. That was <laughs> You know, that's so and good, Jordi. And uh, I must say that episode three, uh, you're in good hands here because episode three uh, of uh, the App Guy podcast, uh, it's an interview uh -huh. with Kirby Turner who called his company White Peak Software. And that is, that is because he lives right next to the mountain and snowboards during the day before he goes and does his coding. And he's a family man as really? well. And he built his business and named it after his pursuit for snowboarding so you know you oh that's great you're there naming your um, business after your love of waves and uh, uh -huh. uh, and you oh, uh, but you do skiing i believe as well uh, you go. yeah so i do skiing as well so um 
it's it's very similar that sort of the surfing and skiing world i think a lot of, there's a lot of crossover well this is all relevant stuff because you know if you're listening to this um you know this could be your lifestyle right now if you're one of those cube slaves like uh, i was and like geordie was then you know you can make that change and let's talk about how you made that change then you uh you said that it was a big decision at the time you had school fees uh, perhaps tell us how it felt to to make that change how nervous you were uh, did you have any clients before you started working on your own to take us back to that part of your life and just try to describe it for us. Yes, yeah, so um, I I had a mentor at the time, and and um, um, he I trusted him. He had done very well um, in the business world, and so he and I um, I used to do some work for him, and um, I asked him his opinion on a project, and he one thing led to another, and he liked the project idea so much, he decided to go in with me as a partner and I was like well this is a this is a dream opportunity I've got my mentor someone that I really respect who will you know so is also interested in help me launch this business so um, we started this out together my mentor and I um, and he encouraged me to leave my job and it was getting to the point where I had to it was like I was you know it was too much I was working a full-time job and trying to launch launch this business on the side and we did have two pretty big contracts so there was some revenues coming in but I definitely worked for about four months um, as doing the two jobs so um, we had some revenues coming in um, but we did we were not profitable but I decided to take the leap of faith and say this is what I wanted to do and um, you know I just basically it was it was pretty terrifying to be to be honest to make that leap um, once once you cross over but but once I once I had done that about two months into that new sort of life it was like you know what this is totally natural it totally makes sense for you to be working for yourself because it, you know your life it's sort of like the subsistence farmer that's on, out in the pioneer or you know, just sort of hunter-gatherer, you're just taking care of yourself. So um, I, it felt very natural for me, um, and I was really glad to be doing it. So when you're out hustling for yourself, it's a totally different feeling than when you're, you know, sort of doing it for your boss or for the shareholders or for the board or something like that, and you're doing it for, you know, a raise or a bonus or something. I'd much rather be doing it just for myself. Thank you for, like, sharing that story. That's uh, for me as well, it, it took quite a while to adjust from um, life in the city of London to uh, working on my own. And uh, I know that, you know, if you're listening out there and you're thinking about making that change, that seems to be very valuable advice to uh, do something on the side to enhance your uh, possibilities of leaving, but without making that plunge until you know that it's going to be right for you. But I guess we can never tell until we actually do make that leap of faith, as you, as you call it. Um, you, you've done, in the pre-chat, we talked a little bit about uh, startups, and you mentioned that you'd uh, started a business on as low as $300. But perhaps you could talk us through that, because I'm sure people would be uh, interested to hear how you could start on such a low budget. Yeah, so this is um, a product-based business. Um, about the same time I started Wave Review, um, I, there was some concern that my, my, my Wi-Fi business was going to maybe, 
um, you know, have some trouble in the next three to four years. So I wanted to, again, I start something on the side to make sure I have a backup. Um, and so I started two projects pretty much at the same time, but I structured the product-based business um, quite a bit differently than I did for the, the software as a service business. Um, and the product-based business, I had just uh, finished reading, um, is Chris, it's an author, Chris Gillibo, uh, The $100 Startup or something. I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. But um, not that there was a ton of like tactical uh, information in that book, but it was very inspirational. Um, so I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to start a, try and see if I can start a business. And I want to try and uh, you know start it for like $100, of course. Uh, I didn't reach that, but it was pretty close. So we found a product down in Mexico um, that that was very high quality. It's actually sea salt. Um, and we had the source. Um, and when you, I had a partner that actually brought the idea to me. Um, and he did a lot of the legwork. And we, we agreed that he would get paid sort of some kind of a base salary. Um, if this worked out, so he did a lot of the legwork, set the helped set the business up, and I was the sort of the sourcing guy because I had a lot of contacts at the border and importing, exporting. Um, so we did a very small test, about as small as you could do. We we bought maybe like two hundred bags of salt, and it cost us like you know he and I split it, and we I shipped it up to um, you know my broker at the border. And actually, at the time, we heard that an FDA license was $800. And so we're like, well, no, we're not going to buy that for a test. So he actually snuck the salt across the border for me. Because <laughs> <That was what laughs> he was doing it like, it's like, we can't do it. And it's like, well, I'm not going to pay $800 for an FDA license if I don't know this business is going to work. And he was like, you know what, I'll just sneak it. So he did it a box at a time coming because he was going to and from the border so every time he would go through he had a little volkswagen bug or something like that he'd throw in two boxes of salt and we'd snuck we snuck up a hundred bags of salt like it took like a month my partner's saying like what are you doing what why is this taking so long it's like we, this is the way we got to do it you know it's you can imagine you know smuggling white powder across <laughs> the border of mexico to the US. Like, you don't want to you don't want to be uh, tripping off any alarms, but um, so uh, so we did that, and um, we had a successful test. We we did a product and you know like family and friends deal on Amazon. We found a couple of partners that really liked the the product, and we set up you know we set up a basically a sales funnel, and um, we launched um, we launched in September of uh, of last year. And um, due in large part to my partner's, um, you know, sales skills and some contacts he had in um, affiliate marketing, we we had a very successful launch. I think it was sixty thousand, and we didn't even own any product at this time. So we sold all that product in in a week, and we were we were like, well, I guess we're in business. I mean, it was literally like that. So. Um, we, we had all these sales, but we, the agreement that we had with our partner that mailed for us was that we won't charge anyone until the product ships the warehouse. Geordie, that's an incredible story. And 
uh, one of the things I've really picked up there is you had so many sales. Perhaps you could just talk us through how you had so, so many sales from what effectively was sea salt. Um, so the the big thing about our product that we found um, that could work with this is we did we had the margins, uh, so we we could mark up um, essentially four to five times. Uh, and the reason that we needed to do this is so that we could find partners and pay them enough to have them motivated to sell for us and have it be profitable for them as well. So we have a very, we had a very good, um, uh, quality product, a really good sourcer, a good relationship with the supplier. And we found, um, some high quality, uh, partners that would help us sell and we essentially paid them like 35, 40%. So that was, that was the, the way we structured the business model was around this product having enough margins to be able to, to pay our partners. So we had some guys, we have some partners that, you know, they have like um, lists of like 100,000, 250,000 people. Um, so, you know, you can imagine mailing out the, the when when someone has uh, a list of that size and a captive audience and they sponsor uh, our product of course they we wouldn't work with anyone that hadn't already tried and didn't already love the product but fortunately for us uh, everyone that we send it to loves it so they're always more than happy to um you know endorse us well that's great so i mean it's uh, i never even thought of uh the approach to list builders but you there are list builders out there who could email about a product uh, such as sea salt uh, and get so many uh, pre-sales uh, th- that's just a fantastic strategy that's right that's right and so AppSumo, in your world of apps it has a similar sort of model where he um does joint ventures with other apps uh, i'm sure you're very familiar with with that model as well and his i think his email list is you know uh like seven hundred thousand or something and i've even bought his deals well we're just waiting for those deals to come through to podcasting as well um you know get some free product for mentioning uh uh sea salt but uh the other thing I noticed on your blog uh, is, and I, this will be very relevant to talk to our audience about, is onboarding. And I only came across the term onboarding uh, recently. Um, it would be great if you could talk us through um, how you look at onboarding and, and if there's anything you've done in your uh, current business that has involved onboarding. Yes, yeah, so onboarding is basically the process um in, in the software as a service, uh, marketing, it's a, basically a, a marketing term that is, um, is, is taking the prospect and generally it's, it's done someone just finding your page and coming through your, um, your basically your sales funnel into the product for the first time and educating them, uh, first of all, how to use the product. And then how to um, how, how to continue on to get them to go from a free trial to a paying customer. So, um, if anyone's out there listening now, I I'm not saying that my onboarding right now is is very good. I'm, I actually need to redo it. But the the premise is really that you should try and personalize it as much as you can. So if you can figure out 
okay, this person has not logged in for five days. I should treat this that person differently from this person that's logged in maybe three times a day. So um, if you can set up systems like that, the more personal you can make your onboarding um, process, the, the more successful it would be. So some of the stats um, that I've heard for people is that maybe um, you know, that 40% of the people actually don't make it through the free trial conversion. So, um, that's loosely what I, what I use as an industry standard. And so the more involvement you can get to bring that, that, that conversion down, um, you know, the more successful your onboarding will be. So right now I'm just, you know, we're just been out for about six, seven months. Uh, and so I can be very personal. I will, I can I can even take the time to call a new prospect up and ask them questions and say that you know how could what are we what are you looking for? Um, but if you get going and you're getting like five people coming through a day, you obviously want your onboarding process to be you know pretty pretty robust. And so there's some great applications that help with that. Um, ones that I've heard of are Customer IO and Active Campaign and. Um, intercom.io those are some good ones this is great because uh, you know we all uh, are using our uh, apps uh, some more than others and you know just today I was using an app and, and the first thing that came up was a review this app mm-hmm. and and you always hit you always hit uh, either ignore or later because you know it's only when it, you first go into an app you actually just want to go straight in there you don't want to mess about with uh, going and leaving and, and going and uh, getting a review and of course, reviews is something that you're very familiar with, with Wave Review. Right. Uh, I, wondered if, I wondered if you'd ever thought about, um, uh, you know, like offering a similar service to uh, app builders in terms of helping them with uh, harnessing the, the, you know, the ability to triple uh, reviews for our apps. I, have th- I haven't thought about um, apps because I've, I, I don't really know that much about it, and there's some native stuff going on for Android and iPhone, but but we have thought about doing it for podcasters. So, for example, you know, you, you are very familiar probably um, with the importance of reviews for podcasts. Um, we were thinking about um, hooking up into some kind of a list-building tool and then working with a list-building tool so for podcasters that come in and um, need people that listen to the podcast to leave a review because I know I've speak, spoken to some podcasters and they personally contact me, can you leave me a review, kind of friends and family type thing. Um, so I have considered doing that. The, the other thing is the there's applications where it's very important, like something like Lyft, uh, which we were talking about before, which is um, an app that's basically a software as a service. So if you, if you go on the web, you can log on um, and, and you, know, you sign up for your free trial and so that you go for, through the first 30 days and they would have an onboarding service uh, or an onboarding email series, which I, I did sign up. I don't remember it. Um, Evernote is another one, which is a native app. They would have, um, I'm not sure if it's native, but certainly it's on the iPhone and uh, on Android, and they would have um, a good onboarding sequence as well. Yeah, I, 
I know that uh, we and one of our recent uh, guests, Samuel Hulick, he onboarded uh, WhatsApp, and uh, that was really interesting to read through that because WhatsApp, you know, just really did uh, crush it with regards to uh, attracting users. Um, as for the podcasting review, I'd be very interested in that. Obviously, um, reviews. Uh, if you're sitting there listening to um, this uh, app. Uh, guy podcast now i bet you that you probably haven't you, you might enjoy it but you it takes a lot to leave a review it's a lot of work i know that myself included uh, i do spend my life um, going through enjoying things and not really taking the time to review and the review can mean, mean a lot that's people. huge so yeah anything that, yeah anything you can do to um, improve uh, reviews for podcasters uh, i'd be very interested well in. i'm going to be looking into it because um i'm actually starting a podcast myself so i will be experimenting with ways to get people to leave reviews for my podcast so i'll be i'll be using myself as a as this as a test subject so um and yes if i do figure it out i will definitely be read i'll i'll be happy to let you um try it out and of course, every I price everything um, so fairly that it's like you know basically a no-brainer for people to use it. It pays for itself. Uh, apart from the sea salt, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Giving away your margins. <laughs> that's there. right. Uh, what uh, name have you thought of? Any name for your podcast yet? Well, it's a. It's going to be. It's in. It's. Um, I'm looking into like sort of reverse engineering passion. You know, like so when people are really passionate about what they do they excel in their market um and i've had a tough time i've been working on this for about 10 days i had a small breakthrough today maybe but i haven't thrown this out to so i was thinking about take this job and love it that was sort of a name i was thinking about so it's the idea is like calling is speaking with people that um you know much like yourself but i also want to focus on people that have like ordinary jobs that just love what they're doing or not when i say ordinary i mean like uh, no i'm going to talk with like mountain climbers that have like 100,000 twitter followers and you know how did you get there what made you decide to do something that you know it's obvious they're doing something they love and they're doing it because they love it but i also want to focus on like i have an interview with a guy that does google pay-per-click and he loves it you know and i want to know like how you find that and what made cuz he came from the accounting world he loves data but made the leap into being an entrepreneur and is very successful now. And so I talked with him about what he's doing and I have an interview with, um, you know, marketing people and authors. And so I'm just, you know, it's kind of reverse engineering, um, what people do to follow their passion. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you could take all that and uh, then write a book at the end of it. Uh, I've got a, uh, some guests I'm almost thinking of that would be great for your show. Uh, I just got off, um, doing an episode, which um, is a, an episode with uh, Matt Frazier, and he mm -hmm. wrote the uh, uh, book No Meat Athlete, and he did a, um, a tour around the U.S. with his book, and he has um, fifty six thousand fans on Facebook and uh, a big following. Yeah, that sounds great. And so uh, yeah, I, I just didn't. I think that was a great idea for a podcast, and something I definitely will uh, add to my list of things that I listen to. And you know, you know, the world is changing. I mean, I only two or three years ago, I was uh, perhaps someone who would uh, listen to mainstream media, the uh, network channels, you know, TV, uh, uh -huh. radio, because radio was just simply a, a touch of a button. Um, now, I'm adamantly not uh, actually getting exposed to that. I, 
uh, I don't turn on the radio, I put on a podcast because it's all self-development um, and, and, and the quality of podcasts now, uh, it, it's just great. And there's so much content out there and stuff that we can be uh, really passionate about. So yeah, I do think there's a sea change. I don't know whether I'm you know unique in that, but I do think there's 350 million devices out there that can listen to um, the Apple podcast. So you know, a, a huge uh, potential opportunity. That's right. It's a big, big channel. And um, you're probably familiar with Stitcher, uh, I think it's Stitcher Radio or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah that, um, there's Stitcher the Radio. Yeah. And, and in fact, in episode uh, 31, I think it is, with a, a guy who runs a music label, we interviewed uh, Booty Vogue. And he uh, was um, a big fan of SoundCloud. I don't know if you've come across SoundCloud, yes, I do. I um, but that's a that's a great way of um, actually getting content via audio and through to your phone. Um, it's better than the Apple product because you don't have to download it; it just streams and uh, it's, uh-huh. all, it's all pretty seamless. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunity for audio to uh, to actually start uh, making a lot more inroads than uh, than it has done in the past. Um, you know, but it's very rare that you see podcasts go viral or audio clips go viral. It's all video. And yeah, and that's one, true. It's one of the disadvantages. Um, you know, uh, we, we touched on apps. I understand that you've got an iPhone there. Uh, this is the App Guy podcast. We love talking about apps. Perhaps we could ask you to lift up your, your iPhone and, uh, and we can go through one or two apps that you uh, are in love with at the moment and uh, that you would recommend. Okay, so um, I must admit, I'm not, uh, as we mentioned, I'm not a big. Um, phone guy because i find it very annoying typing on phones but there is a couple that i really like uh, one is called dynamic light um and it's it's basically a picture taking um it's a picture taking software basically what you do is you can take a picture and i'm not a great photographer um but what if i see something you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always sort of thinking a little bit about social media and building a following. And, and so what I do is I, I use dynamic light to take pictures. And then you can kind of play around with some HDR uh, levels. And it's really easy. So I take the picture in dynamic light. And then I go to Instagram. And I post it out to my Instagram. And, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. You can take really cool pictures and it's a lot better than the Instagram filters. So that's what that's probably my big one that I use a lot. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I um, I'm thinking of another app that I use called uh, Popograph, Popograph. And uh-huh. uh, I love that because you can take an object in a photo and you can highlight yeah. it. So usually it's. Um, one of my boys and uh, oh yeah i highlight him and in the background you can you could pop out him as a um a, the, as an object and the background then you could start adjusting so you could do a broken glass theme uh, you can uh, change it to black and white so it's a color foreground and a black and white uh, background uh, it's just it makes some really cool pictures so i love that uh, i love pick college um, you can make a collage of uh, uh, photos, put five or six. Into, uh, yeah, uh, there's loads of, I love photos on the uh, iPhone. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, there, there are some disadvantages to running around all, all the time with a phone. Uh, you said that the screen is a bit small to see. and um, you know, Yeah. Uh, so you're not alone there. I, I do think that... Um, uh, perhaps uh, the iPhone maybe needs to think a little bit about the size of its screen. Um, I know they, they designed it to 
be perfectly uh, positioned for your thumb so you could do it with one thumb? Oh, well, I think I agree with that. I mean, I use it. I mean, it's great for freedom, right? I mean, that's that's one of the great things. And as entrepreneurs uh, out, of, you know, we love to be out of the office enjoying life. And so if we can do some if we have to do some work on the phone, it's it's good. Um, but like I said, I mean, for me, it's just like when absolutely, if I have to, most of the time, if I'm going to write an email, I just much prefer to do it on a big keyboard. Have you got any, um, uh, intention of, uh, getting into, uh, creating apps on top of the SaaS work that you're doing? Um, you know, I had not, um, if I was going to get into it, I would, it would be, um, in more of a strategic type of, um, um, like a marketing channel is so, so in, in other words, you create, um, create an app and then maybe I would run ads on it or something like that. But I, I haven't thought about that. I did actually have an app, uh, for, um, for the iPhones, um, my Wi-Fi, my Wi-Fi business, we had an app that we used for like the guests could use, um, free, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, so a lot of American and Canadians would go down to Mexico and making long distance phone calls from Mexico was very uh, expensive. So uh, we created an app where they would be able to, if they bought our Wi-Fi, they could use this app for free and call back home and stuff like that. So um, I did have an app. People liked it. Um, we provided this as an incentive for people to buy Wi-Fi inside the hotels. But, you know, every time uh, Apple upgraded the iOS, it was breaking and I had to figure out all this provisioning stuff. And eventually we just we retired it. So that was. Yeah, kind of my experience. I understand. That. Yeah. <laughs> Frustrating. Really. They don't make it easy yeah. sometimes. <laughs> and what we have to go through to get an app. I mean, I've uh, created 80 apps and. Uh, some of those haven't made it into the app store. Some of them have, but the just the even after all those apps, uh, I just get so frustrated with the provisioning profile uh, and uh, putting all these certificates oh, yeah. and uh, just managing yeah. the whole thing, and then waiting for that two weeks before you know the hand of God says yes, you can uh, have it in our app store, or no, we don't like this. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. but uh, of course, you know, they are, they control a big chunk of the market and uh, we have to abide by their rules. And, um, you know, they do allow uh, a majority of apps in and, and I can see why some of the apps didn't make it through. But uh, it does create a risk for us when we develop apps. You know, we have to warn the client that there is a possibility the app will not be accepted. And that means a, a lot of wasted code <laughs> that goes out. Uh-huh. And, um, so, um, you know, it's... it's um, Getting um, towards the end of the podcast, I wondered, Jordi, if uh, there are any uh, things we haven't spoken about that uh, you'd like to bring up, any last parting bits of wisdom you'd like to leave with the audience? Um, I, you know, I guess one of, the, one of the things that I would like to encourage anyone that maybe is thinking about going into um, being an entrepreneur is that I would definitely encourage you to do it. And also um, to to really know that you're not alone in thinking, oh, well, it's scary and it's, um, you know, everyone goes through that. And so um, just speaking sort of like from the other side, if you're if you're like an office guy and you're thinking about going to the other side is uh, it. I just have found it such 
um, a worthwhile and rewarding experience. So um, if you if you are thinking about doing that, reach out. I'd be happy to answer any questions. You can find my information on my blog. And, um, you know, I, I actually talk to people all the time, almost every day, like, hey, I've, I've got this question. How did you do this? So reach out and I'd be happy to um, speak with you about it. But I encourage you to do it because it's it's very rewarding. It's a very rewarding lifestyle. It, it is, and you couldn't have said that any better. And you know, your story has inspired me to um, to just remind myself that uh, there are some wonderful entrepreneurs out there like yourself who uh, always give back. And uh, I do think that um, getting connected with uh, the entrepreneurs out there is. Um, it, it, we're friendlier than uh, people would imagine and in fact it's a nicer environment than the corporate environment where you have to uh, try and network in some of those um, those old clubs and things so Jordi well said thank you so much for joining us on the App Guy podcast and uh, we would love to uh, have you back at some point and especially uh, when you get your podcast up and running uh, we'll add that to the show notes um, everything that we spoke about can be found at onemob.com and you just hit the podcast uh, little button and find the episode with Jordy. but for the time being thank you very much Jordy, for your time and uh, we wish you all the best with uh, uh, that smuggling of sea salt I don't know whether you're still no doing I'm not that, smuggling but... <laughs> anymore <laughs> <laughs> what a great story thank you Jordy. alright my pleasure Paul if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy podcast goes out every Sunday and Thursdays 